Listener Production. You're listening to Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. We're talking today about the immigration crisis unfolding in the UK. Dr. Keith, this is a really big deal. I mean, they've been dealing with this for many, many decades and it's reached a tipping point. Absolutely. So it's actually called the Windrush scandal. Windrush was the name of a ship that transported West Indians from the West Indies, which were then British colonies, to London. And uh, that was exactly 70 years ago this month. And so there are a number of books being written about, you know, what happened to the Windrush generation and this uh, beginning, or what some people are seeing as beginning of a multicultural Britain. Um, and then they suddenly realise that actually a number of those people are now being deported. Um, and this has then triggered this crisis within the United Kingdom. We've seen the resignation of the Home Secretary, who is in effect the immigration minister in the United Kingdom, that quite silently these Windrush people or their children who are actually born in the United Kingdom have been round up and sent back or sent to the West Indies. Um, many of these people had arrived on, as children on their mother's or father's passports. Uh, they don't have any papers for their own. Uh, some of them have gone back to the West Indies just to see relatives and the British have not let them back into the United Kingdom, even though they've paid taxes and lived in the UK for most of their lives. It's a, it's an immense crisis which has occurred. This is quite extraordinary. And the Australian equivalent, by the way, is that we now send um, people who were born uh, overseas who live in Australia and Australian citizenship. They, do we send them back if they have got criminal records Criminal records, them? yeah. But don't forget, that this, this. well, I think this scandal is much bigger than the, the one that we've got in Australia at the moment because what we're seeing are people who... Uh, people who are black, right, which is an important factor here, people who are black who are being expelled from the country because they don't have adequate paperwork, um, but then they were let into the country or the parents were let into the country without the normal checks because they were British subjects. They were coming from the colonies. But how did this even... OK, this is not a right-wing government. This is not a Donald Trump-type scenario. You've got Theresa May um, over there and they're not nearly as far right-wing as the Americans. So what is going on? I don't understand. I know, it's very confusing. So um, essentially what happened is that after World War II, Britain was short of labour. And so they had an advertising campaign in the West Indies. The slogan was, come to sunny Britain. So fake news is not new, right? So come to sunny Britain. Uh, so the people got on boats, travelled to England um, and, of course, just walked off the boats and just went into the community and they settled in a number of key areas such as Brixton and South London. So... They then have worked um, and been important parts of the British economy. But in working-class kind of roles? In working-class, yeah, doing all the menial work, which the British themselves don't like doing, so you have all these people here, so or in the United Kingdom, that is. So the people arrived, they got married, they had children, etc. So this is called the Windrush Generation because that one of the boats, the first boat, 70 years ago now, brought them over and you've had a series of other boats that were doing the transporting between the Caribbean and um, and London. So these are people who just were born quite often now in England because their parents had come out on these boats. And so what we what has been going on is that in um, the years from about 1962 onwards, the British started to regularise what it was to be a British citizen. Now, they had one go quite early on in the piece about 1948, but then 
they've tr- they've actually made it tighter. And the reason I think it, we can call it the Empire Strikes Back, 300 years ago, the British, in a fit of absent-mindedness, set out, well, they didn't set out, they just ended up conquering a third of the world, including, of course, Australia, New Zealand, etc. And what they're now doing is paying the price for having acquired that empire. So they've got all sorts of issues they've had to address. So the Windrush is simply the example of the West Indies. You had another issue in the lead-up to when Hong Kong was to be handed back to the uh, Chinese. The British government found out that it had 3.5 million people who were British citizens. The risk they ran is that you're going to end up with 3.5 million people from Hong Kong saying, we don't want to be controlled by China, we want to go and live in the United Kingdom, thank you. And so the British then had to change the immigration laws in order to keep out all these people coming in from Hong Kong and leaving them to the the, uh, Chinese. That was 20 years ago. So you've had all of these changes in legislation, essentially trying to tighten up the legislation, particularly relating to colonies or former colonies. Now, in 1973, Great Britain entered the European Union. So you've now got anybody who's within the European Union, because of the freedom of movement legislation within the European Union, enables anybody to, um, well, if you're a British, you can go to work elsewhere in Europe. And if you're elsewhere in Europe within the European Union, you can go to work in Great Britain. The figures are quite amazing. The United Kingdom now has three and a half million European Union citizens, one million of whom are Polish. The second most common language in Britain is Polish. So from 1973 onwards, we've got the closing of the opportunities for British subjects coming into the United Kingdom and at the same time letting in all the Europeans. Of late, of course, we've had all sorts of racist campaigns about keeping out the foreigners. And, of course, we've now just had the Brexit vote um, whereby Britain is going to pull out of the European Union. Um, And so one of the issues that's obviously on the negotiating table is that as you pull out of the European Union, remember no other country's ever pulled out of the European Union. Countries want to join it. They don't want to get out of it. As Britain pulls out of the European Union, so it's having to think, well, what are we going to do about all three and a half million European Union citizens? who are living quite legitimately at the moment in Britain, but in in a year's time will simply not have British citizenship. So we've got to remove them. So as I say, we've got an immense controversy over immigration. We talk a lot about what's going on in in Britain or even here in Australia, uh, but it's got an incredible implication for the future of Britain's relations with the European Union. You can imagine the European Union people are are monitoring this so-called Windrush scandal because they're saying, well, The British clearly can't get their act together on immigration. What about our three and a half million people who, in a year's time, if negotiations continue, will no longer be eligible to stay in the United Kingdom? I mean, look at how badly they've treated their own citizens. Remember, these are subjects of the Queen. And look at how badly they've been treated. And, of course, what has been interesting is that the Home Secretary at the time, Amber Rudd, resigned admittedly over technicality, but she resigned. Whereas a lot of people are saying, look, it's the wrong Home Secretary who's gone. It was Theresa May when she was the Home Secretary. Who made the decision? Who made the decisions over Windrush. But how could they ever have thought that kicking out legitimate citizens who had been there since they were very, very small children would ever be okay? Exactly. That's exactly what everybody's asking, including the right wing of the Conservative Party. You know, Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's a wonderfully eccentric citizen, well to the right, doesn't like the Europeans, but has this sense of honour. 
And he was saying that what Theresa May was doing as Home Secretary has embarrassed the British and damaged our reputation around the world because people have said, how can you trust the British? And so you, you're quite right. The question you're asking is a question a lot of other people are asking. But you see the, the Home Office will say, look, we're under all of this pressure from uh, racists who want to get people out of the country. Um, and we were just finding technicalities on which to get rid of people. And they didn't have clear British citizenship for the obvious reason that they came in as children on their parents' passports. And so we have used that technicality to push people out of this country. It's mind-boggling. And, of course, um, a lot of the, the racist sort of attitudes are coming because they've had an influx of Muslim refugees because of the Syrian crisis. And I yep. think most listeners will remember that in the last 12 months, two years, probably 24 months, there have been hundreds of thousands pouring into Europe and the UK from Syria um, and across the seas yep. to get there. Um, and I think that has um, sort of fanned a lot of well, intolerances, hasn't it, across Europe and Absolutely. the UK? Absolutely. And, of course, what is um, uh, particularly interesting is that 50 years ago, we're talking about anniversaries here, so 70 years ago, Windrush, 50 years ago, we had Enoch Powell, who made one of the most important speeches ever made in British political history. So Enoch Powell was a brilliant individual. You know, he became the youngest professor of Greek or youngest professor in the British Commonwealth. In fact, up the road at the University of Sydney. So he came out from Britain, became the youngest professor. When war broke out, World War II, he joined the British Army and became the youngest brigadier. So clearly he was super bright, but also a bit eccentric. And um, 50 years ago, he made a speech where using Greek and Latin imagery, talked about the streets of England being filled with blood um, because of the racial tensions that would exist because we've got all of these black people moving into the area like where he was, which was Birmingham. And so he gave that speech. The Conservative Party sacked him and he never again held government positions. But it's the 50th anniversary, which occurred, unfortunately, for the British government at the time of the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. It was the 50th anniversary. And so within the minds of many of the people within the British Commonwealth is this uh, spectre of Enoch Powell and racism. Now, of course, as you say, the issue now is being anti-Muslim. It's not being anti-black. The Britain has not been taken over by blacks. Certainly there are areas of, um, of, of London, particularly and elsewhere, where you do have a lot of non-white people. But the, the race card now is not so much based on colour as based on, on religion. And so we've got this profound anti-Islamic strand, which, of course, you see elsewhere throughout Europe and the United States, but we're also seeing it in Britain as well. You're listening to Global Truths with Dr Keith Suda. We're talking today about the uh, huge immigration crisis that has captured the world's attention, has made headlines around the world this, this week. So we're talking about what's called the Windrush scandal. Windrush was the ship, the name of the ship, that carried 70 years ago exactly the first consignment of West Indians from the West Indies to go to work in the UK. It was right after World War II, there was a shortage of labour and so the British needed to have more labourers to work on building sites, etc. Um, and so it was called the wind. And so you, this was called the Windrush Generation. People who'd moved from the West Indies across to to London. Um, so we had about thirty thousand West Indies in that first year of transportation. Um, by nineteen sixty two, we had about a third of a million. So it's quite a dramatic increase. People 
moving in quite legitimately from the West Indies. These were people who um, were British subjects and, and they were living in colonies and they were simply going to the mother country, quite legitimately moving in uh, to the United Kingdom or they might have had children. So they brought back children with them travelling on the parents' passport. The Windrush scandal has come about because silently, up until recently anyway, silently the Department of Immigration, what we call the Home Office in the United Kingdom, has been rounding these people up and sending them to the West Indies. Quite extraordinary. Exactly, quite extraordinary. And so this this month has been, you know, the 70th anniversary of the ship arriving and people have been asking questions, well, whatever happened to the Windrush generation? And suddenly we find, in fact, they're being moved back or moved to the West Indies, and I pay particular tribute to the the Guardian newspaper in England, which has picked up the story some months ago and continued to run with it. And, as, and as, of course, as other people have found out about it, people just being round up and sent straight home, this has caused no end of a control or, or sent back to, or sent to the West Indies because a lot of them are just born in England. They don't know the West Indies, but they, they are of West Indies descent and so they're being sent back. So what has the, been the reaction of the public? From what we can tell. Well, as far as we can tell, you've got some people saying, good, if you're going to take the blacks out of this country, great, get rid of them. Um, and that's, <laughs> and that's and obviously Theresa May as Home Secretary, in other words, Minister for Immigration, was playing that race card. She will deny that, but that's essentially what was going on within the uh, department, the Home Office. But you've got others right the way across the political spectrum, obviously the Labour in opposition, but also Conservatives uh, who, is, who are just appalled by this. It just seems to be so bizarre. It's very, even just explaining it to you now, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, I flab- I've got a look of flabbergastedness, if that's a word, on my face. Exactly. And and you're in the, you're in the same category as Jacob Rees-Mogg, who's a very conservative, conservative MP, um, who has been saying this is um, a, an appalling behaviour on the part of the British government. You've got a lot of people saying, well, how can you trust the British government? You bring in your own citizens. Remember, these were members of the British Empire who were brought in and you're now expelling them? And this is similar again to what we're seeing um, in the US when they're expelling Mexican immigrants who had grown up there. Yeah, but Mexico was never an American colony. This is why it's ah. even worse, you see. Um, see that you've got Mexicans have gone over the border, they're being rounded up in horrific circumstances, etc. But we're talking here about people who were members, who were just as, as British as anybody who were already resident in Britain. Yeah. But they don't have the papers to prove it because in those days they weren't issuing papers. It's a simple, it is, it is absolutely mind-boggling that this has gone on. Okay, so the, the public reaction hasn't been great uh, and media reaction as well, so they're lashing the government for this, for this action. What happens next? Well, there obviously is going to be huge compensation payouts. The, the whole thing is ricocheting through the British government. So one of the things that, again, part of uh, the sort of the, what they saw as a crackdown on the Windrush generation is that the immigration computers were talking to the health department computers. So in other words, if you presented at an emergency department for, say, a heart attack or whatever, they would then check out whether you're a legitimate citizen. And so uh, this big brother technique of just as a way of trying to round people up, because you can't go door to door, but what you can do is as they appear within the the government system, such as a patient in a hospital, that's how you say, oh, well, that person does not have the papers, according to the Department of Immigration, um, therefore we will expel them as soon as they recover. So and we've actually had people who have died because of the stress involved here. In the the last uh, few days, 
it's been agreed to separate out those two separate computer systems now. So you will not have the health department talking to the home office. So that's one way of trying to restrict these people from being wound up because you've got some people of, of the Windrush generation, et cetera, who are just not now going to hospital departments because they're afraid they're going to be later picked up as soon as they've recovered. So, so aside from compensation payments, will any of these people be allowed back into the UK? And that's exactly what they're also looking at. So we've had people who've been expelled and the British government is saying, well, we will now give you the opportunity to, to return to the United Kingdom. And they will obviously get some sort of compensation. But this is all because of the outrage generated by one newspaper initially, The Guardian, and the way that it, it then resonated within the British community. Because there are a lot of people saying this is not our notion of fair play in the way that we've been treating our own fellow citizens. But it's also um, such a multicultural society. It's like Australia, but even it's probably even more multicultural than Australia, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Well, that's interesting you should say that because the, cr- the Crossrail Tunnel is the largest infrastructure project underway in the United Kingdom and the, well, and in Western Europe at the moment. And they're driving a tunnels or a series of tunnels across London for transport. In doing so, they've come across this mass grave near Liverpool Street Station. It's hundreds of bodies started 300 years ago. So rich people could then be buried in churchyards. Poor people were just thrown in this giant pit. What is interesting is that the Museum of London with the Crossrail Archaeology Department have started to check to find out who would be built, who would be thrown into this giant pit. And they are coming across all sorts of of names. Well done for the local churches. 300 years ago, they kept all their burial registers. So they're finding people who are of African descent 300 years ago who were thrown in that pit. In other words, as the British started to build up what what became the British Empire, so ships were sailing off to Africa and free people uh, got onto those ships, for example, as crew people, so you lost your crew on the way out to Africa, you recruited when you got to Africa, they went back into London and they then settled in the United Kingdom. We've actually had 300 years of multiculturalism in Great Britain. These were not slaves. They are of their own free will. They got on board those ships. They worked for a salary and and got back to the United Kingdom. So we actually see Britain having to come to terms with the fact that it's had a multicultural background for at least 300 years by virtue of of the Africans who'd arrived there. And they were written out of British history. So you've got a lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, we've got all these blacks who are arriving in Britain from World War II. No, we've had them for 300 years in the United Kingdom. They were written out of history. Where does the government go from here in terms of recovering their reputation? Well, the best of luck there. You know, some people would say, well, look, it's really the wrong Home Secretary who resigned. I might just say the new Home Secretary is Sajid David, who himself is the son of Pakistani immigrants. So, you know, Theresa May is trying to say, look, I'm now recognising the multicultural work that needs to be done. But a lot of people are saying, look, Theresa May should go as well. This is her department when she was Home Secretary. This is where she made her name as the Home Secretary. That's why people thought, well, she's prime ministerial material. But um, at the moment, the Conservatives are not ready to sack her. I was about to say, because she's been on the nose for a little while, hasn't she? Oh, absolutely. She's been a disaster over the European Union. Remember, remember she was a disaster in the sense that having been become Prime Minister after one election, she decided to call a fresh election. Um, You know, David Cameron had resigned. 
She then becomes the new Prime Minister. She then calls this snap general election. Instead of negotiating the exit from the European Union, she calls a general election and then proceeds to lose a lot of the seats. And the, the Labor Party made this remarkable recovery in electoral terms. So, But the Conservatives are not yet ready to sack her because they're not yet ready to put the next person in as Prime Minister. So it adds, if from a European Union point of view, you've got a year to go before Britain pulls out of the European Union and the general feeling is the British can't get their act together. They're, they're negotiating for leaving the European Union. Three and a half million European, uh, three and a half million European citizens are currently in the United Kingdom and they're saying, how on earth can we um, negotiate with Britain when we see how badly they treat their own citizens with the Windrush generation? So another case of watch this space, Keith. Watch this space. So the implications are the empire is striking back. They're coming to terms with the fact that 300 years ago they started to build up an empire. Now they've got all these problems in trying to unravel it and the implications are that it's flowing over into the negotiations over leaving the European Union because the European Union are wondering, well, will the British handle this issue any better than they've done with the Windrush generation? Fascinating. <laughs> Global Truths was presented by Dr. Keith Souter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Live Proud. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.